John Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm, Million Dollar Agent coming live from Manly in Sydney. How are you, Johnny? Isn't it beautiful, Manly? Oh, mate. What a great place. I mean, agents that work here are blessed, and people that live here and work here are blessed. But we've just had a wonderful little breakfast session, um, and Tom, thank you for bringing some of your colleagues from the Manly Daily, but it was good. Um, good to be here, but it's a good vibe in Manly. I mean, this is one of the great real estate markets of the world. If you're listening and you work Manly, there are no excuses. John, this place has got a, a buzz to it. Um, I think it's a combination of the people that live here, the beach, um, the fact that when you look down the strip, the cafes and restaurants there, you really feel, I mean, it feels a bit Bondi. Um, it feels... I think, yeah, it, it does. I mean, beachside suburbs have generally got, you know, that kind of community feel. I think this is kind of a longer standing community. Bondi is a bit more transient. Yeah. You know, where you're getting, you're arguing a lot of people coming and going in a shorter period, whereas I think the Manly residents, many of them are born here and they'll finish their lives here, which is kind of nice. I, yeah. I love the fact that people are so proud of this local area. And of course, Seaforth, because we're just opening an office up at Seaforth. It's, it's interesting, Seaforth, um, I think it's one of the great areas of Sydney that's undiscovered. A lot of people think of Seaforth, they think, oh, it's, you know, like waterfronts and all this sort of stuff, and there's five and ten million dollars, which there are. But you go back up the top of the hill there, I mean, it's got some beautiful homes. Yeah. And all, all you've got to deal with is the kind of commute in, in across the Spit Bridge every day. You know, if you can deal with that, another great place to live. Yeah, absolutely. And, John, we've, uh, uh, it's an interesting period. We've come, we've come from um, Easter uh, last week, and for those... Um, that are of Greek origin or a few other countries there having their Easter this Friday. So why are they different? Who's right and who's wrong? Uh, I'm not quite sure um, um, why they're different, but I have been led to believe that the Greeks have got it right in terms of the dates. <laughs> so, so um, and I'm, I might be a little bit biased, John, but um, uh, I, I did take um, the public... I actually took Tuesday off as well, so I've, I actually had Good Friday off, Monday off, um, and I enjoy um, all the special days that you get off uh, being uh, being an Aussie, and yeah. I'll also enjoy what I get. As being Greek, a, as, yeah, the Aussie holidays are Greek. And, I'm, and I've got no to tell you, you, John, it doesn't happen every week, but I'm going to talk about the fact that winners are grinners. We got the Tigers have won, um, outstanding win against uh, Parramatta. Of course, I wasn't around the week after they played the Rabbits. I think I missed that. I'm not sure whether you planned that, but uh, can we just recap on the result? Well, we did, we did actually mention, John, you weren't there at that podcast, but we did mention and we said it's so great that we can have this podcast this week with John not being around. <laughs> so we did, we, did, we did cover it. But you're a, you're a winner as well. Uh, yeah. A controversial win was the most talked about game. It was. Um, it was uh, a tough game. Yeah. I saw the boys the next morning at a cafe for breakfast and uh, they were battered and bruised. It was a really physical, even though the score was low, they were like physically battered and bruised. It was a tough game. That, that, that game was good for NRL, John, because I reckon that even if you didn't follow any of those two teams, the following day, everyone was talking about that game. Well, it was good and bad because there was that disgraceful public display of people throwing um, bottles at the end. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, I know that we didn't raise that for this reason, but you've got to be as good a winner sorry, loser, as you are a winner. Yeah. And in real estate, you got to, let's face it, even good agents are going to lose 20, 30, 40% of the listings they go for. Yeah. And I'm still amazed in our world of real estate why, where there are agents that miss it and they get angry and nasty. I've heard of people hanging up phones. And it's just like insanity. I mean, it's yeah. a long game. This is a marathon. Yeah. You might miss the listing but pick it up in 30 days. Yeah. You might pick it up in five years. Who knows? Yeah. 
So, uh, you know, people, whether you're a football supporter or a real estate agent or anyone, you've got to be a good loser as well. Yeah. Because life's short, this yeah. world's small. Yeah. And who knows where it's going to come back and bite you. So when given the opportunity, when you've been beaten for a piece of business or something goes wrong, be gracious. Yeah. Well said. John, there's a topic that's going around real estate circles in Sydney, Melbourne, and most auction markets at the moment. In fact, I've had more agents in the last month say to me, oh, you know, I got this incredible price on a property and now I've got to make sure that I haven't put myself in a difficult situation uh, with so prices. Pri- <coughs> price, excuse me, pri- price quote. Pri- price quote. So yeah. the Office of Fair Trading, because I don't think in every state people are clamping down as much, but I know in New South Wales and particularly Sydney, yeah. is probably what you're referring to, Tom, there was, <coughs> there was a recent um, agent, high profile, good quality agent, agency, um, that, that was uh, fell foul of the law and, and are now staring at fines and suspensions of licence because they were deemed, I don't know if it's, if it's right or wrong yet, we'll find out, but they were deemed to have been systematically underquoting. Yeah. And uh, believe me, they're not the only ones. This happens, as, as you and I often say on stage, far too often. And, and John, the, the numbers or the extent of the um, uh, underquoting that um, was suggested was quite minimal when you see what actually happens around some <coughs> real estate me. companies around the country. Well, you know, I think it's like anything, Tom. You need to have a standard and a process. It shouldn't be. You know, why, do, why do so many agents fall foul of this? I think it's because they don't follow process and they get into that very ugly game called who can tell the biggest lie wins the listing, Yeah, which is a game that has been done to death and should never be played again in the real estate world. So... You know, because people often say to me, so how do I combat this? N- number one is I don't think you ever lose a listing on price or pricing if you handle it right. And, and most people don't handle it right, so they probably do lose listings on that. You know, a is, base, you've got to be well-researched when you go to the listing. <coughs> a lot of agents are winging it. They're kind of going there relying on their general knowledge. Yeah. You've got to study every listing, in my view, like a Harvard business degree, and you've got to know every single thing about that property the neighbouring property, the street, the area, properties in that price range. So that's, that's critical. Um, number two is you need to position it with the vendor early on, in, in my opinion. You've got to say, you know, today, Tom, I don't believe this is the day for us to finalise price. What I want to do with you today is discuss what other properties similar to yours have been selling for because, Tom, that's what's going to happen when the buyers come along. They're going to try and identify your value based on other similar. So let's have that discussion but we can refine price going forward. We do need to be on the same page, ballpark, but what I don't want to do is try and refine price too much today. So if you position it like that, you don't get yourself painted in a corner. If you don't, of course, you, they take you through their beautiful home, then they say, okay, John, so how much? Yeah. And it kind of gets more difficult. The further you go down that pathway, the more difficult it is. So up front, I would flag that and say, you know, here are some things Tom I'd like to go through today. Talk about presentation of the home, understand what are your needs, what do you want to achieve. Um, we should be talking about what else has been selling similar to yours so we can have a general So, so John, discussion. you're suggesting that <coughs> at the start of the meeting or the listing presentation that you're more or less running it as an agenda. You Correct. actually bring up these are the points we're going to cover. 100%. And, okay. and then people get it. And I don't find I ever get tried. People say, yeah, but what about this? Can I get this? People, you know, because I've pre-framed it and I put the context around it, people get it. Uh, and sometimes some will say, well, but do you think I might be able to get that? Which is pretty easy to say. It's looking at recent comparables are saying that would be a great result. I'm here to get you a great result, so let's do our best. Um, so, you know, you can't be... Too many agents get into promising at the listing. Yeah. 
they get into, is it 9.50 or 9.75? Well, the reality, Tom, is they have no idea. Yeah. I mean, that's not wrong. They don't know. They'll have a general idea, but the buyers know whether it's 9.40, 60, 80 or a million. Yeah. And especially in this market, especially in Melbourne and Sydney of late, you think it's worth a million and it goes for 1.2. Yeah. So it's actually dangerous to try and pin, pinhole it too tightly. So I think that's really critical. So, and the reason we're talking, I mean, we started talking about price quoting and underquoting, but really the discussion is more about the listing presentation from day one because there's a correlation between those that underquote and those that do a very poor job at communicating um, price, process to vendors at listing presentation stage, isn't it? 100%. This is not about a five-minute conversation on price. This is about your whole preparation leading up to it, context and pre-framing, the comparables you select, and, and, and how you take it from there. And if you're a great agent, you're a master at handling. And this is not, please don't think handling is avoiding. You do have a robust conversation around the comparables. And I might say, so Tom, how do you feel about these? Do, the, do you think they represent the sort of price range people are going to? And you might say, John, you're crazy. I think I'm 10% above these. In which case I can say, tell me more. You know, what is your view? What do you think I've missed as a comparable that you think I should be including in this set? And if they say, well, I don't know, well, you know, it's a different conversation. Well, John, what, what do you say to the listener right now that's listening to this in their car thinking, hang on a second, I'm driving to a listing presentation and I know that I've got two or three real estate agents in my marketplace that are going to probably go to this listing presentation and they're going to tell them that their house is worth 100 more than um, it probably is and be very definite about it. How do I handle that and not lose the listing? Because every owner wants as yeah. much as they can. So, which is the beginning of either being fined, disqualified, or just having a bad relationship with a vendor if you play that lie game. So, you know, then, Tom, what you've got to do is get feedback. So I give the comparables, and I'm looking for body language. I'm not just looking for verbal cues. I'm looking for body language. So you're looking at it, and I can see you're contorting your face, which means you actually don't think they're the right comparables. And I'll say, Tom, talk me through. I mean, do you think these are fair and reasonable comparables, or is there something I've missed? And then you'll say, well, look, they might be fair and reasonable, but they've all got a nine in front of them, and I'm wanting 1.1. So, <coughs> and by the way, the last two people that left here think there's every reason I can get it. So that's the, that's the scenario you're talking about. So my view of that is I say, Tom, look, at 1.1, it would be an outstanding result. What I'm about is getting you an outstanding result. I think what we should do is focus now on what has to happen from this moment on until we finalise a sale to give you the best opportunity to get that outstanding result. I'm not, I can't guarantee a price, but what I can guarantee you is I have the tools, I have the skills, I have the database, I have the marketing strategy to get you the best price. That will be un unveiled over the next few weeks. And you're not getting painted in the corner. Otherwise than saying, oh, well, if the other guy said it, no, he's probably right, I think I'll get it. Because then, you know, you're just setting it. So funny, in the breakfast just before, when I was leaving, a guy came up and talked to me and he was saying to me, how frustrating it is, he's a builder that, yeah. that sort of builds new homes every year or two and then flicks them on. And he was invited by one of our guys at Seaforth. <coughs> and he was just saying that is the most frustrating thing for him. Agents that overquote, then the minute they meet a buyer, they're quoting 20% less. Yeah. And he said, John, why do they do it? Which is kind of the topic of this podcast. Good question. Why do they do it? Because they don't do the research. They don't do the preparation and practice. So when you're actually sitting there talking to a vendor, they panic. Yeah. So the vendor said, yeah, no, no, it's more than that. Well, okay, and they agree. 
what you've got to do is say, okay, talk to me through, have I missed something? The other agent that talked the 1.1 million, did they give you a similar list of comparable sales to this? No, they didn't, but they're experts in the area. Okay, well, they could be experts and they might be right. What I don't think we need to do now is debate whether they're right or wrong. What I think we need to do is focus on what has to happen to get you the best outcome. Um, then you need to choose, do you feel comfortable with me and my approach or yeah. the, the other agent and their approach? Um, and I'm fine with either one there, whichever one you want. Okay, so John, what you're clearly outlining here is that <coughs> it's about a real estate agent showing leadership at a listing presentation about telling the truth, and the truth is that you can control the process, but you can't control the price. You can influence the price, but you can't control it. Yeah, and I think there's a wonderful line I heard a real estate agent once say to a vendor, which is, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, I didn't say, is it John and Susan, or it might not have been John and Susan, but you get the drift. It's the process, not the promise of a price, yep. that's going to get you top dollar. I know Lee Woodward taught that to me years ago, yeah. and it's a great, and I don't yeah. know whether who, who taught Lee, but you're right, it's the process, not the promise. promise of a price that will get you sold for top dollar. Can we talk about that process? You know? yeah. And I've heard another, another way I heard, I heard an agent handle price about a month ago, John, was the agent uh, was asked, what's the home worth? And he just looked back and he said, the value of your home is dependent on four things. <coughs> the location, the condition of the property, the agent you pick, and the strategy they use. The good news is, out of those four, you control three of those things. Let's talk about those things. Yeah, very good. So, John... And it's logic. It's not trickery. No. It's not smoke and mirrors. It's like... If I'm a sophisticated or just a relatively intelligent vendor and I hear that, I say, yeah, okay, that makes sense. That's a strategy. They've got a, they've got a way of going forward. What they've just said makes sense. And you don't get caught in the lie game. So you, you, people have got to get themselves out there addicted to this whole thing of you know, telling them what they want to hear and then you know, going from there. So I think it's, look, for the listeners, if you're, you don't have to be in Sydney. This is happening around Australia. And, and to be honest, thank God it's happening because consumers are fed up with agents that don't go hard on the truth or tell buyers and sellers different, different levels. So you've got to be strong in compliance. For principals that are listening, I mean, Matt LaHood, who you know, and Matt, I think, was on a recent podcast when yeah. I was sick, wasn't he? Um, <coughs> Matt is so strong on compliance, he makes sure that our team checks every folder, every comparable, they have to sign, that the vendor was signed off, that they're the right comparables, that, it's the, that they're quoting the exact same price. Because if you, you know, if you tell the vendor eight to nine hundred, you got to tell the buyers eight to nine hundred. Yeah. You can't tell them above seven fifty. You, you, John, in my you, view, you're a big advocate and supporter, <coughs> and I know during the Queensland um, debate as to what legislation debacle, debacle um, you were a person that fully supported having the one price guide for buyers and sellers. There was transparency in right. the market. Um, well, of course, in Queensland, our Queensland listeners would know only too well that you can't talk price full stop, which is insanity. But, um, you know, wherever you are, if you can talk price, which is everywhere in the world except Queensland, surprisingly, you've got to be identical. <coughs> now, you can change that quote. If all of a sudden you get 20 people interested and, and the quote goes up, you just reflect where the interest is at. And if the interest is not as strong as you anticipated, but as long as you say to the vendor, Tom... You know, we thought it was going to be eight eight fifty. I've got to tell you that I've had now an offer of you know seven twenty and interested early to mid sevens. Here is what they're saying. Here's why they're saying it. I think what we should be doing, with your permission, is adjusting our quote back so we reflect the market, and then you have an opportunity 
to be offered a market value price at the day of the auction. John, if you were selling real estate <coughs> yourself every day as a lister and a salesperson, would you be putting price guides on your advertisements in uh, online? 80%, 80%, 80%, maybe 90 um, I think there's always the exception where you're selling a church, you're selling a warehouse, you're, you're selling a waterfront and the price range is extremely hard to identify down to a couple of numbers and sometimes a conversation is better. Because some waterfronts can, you know, you, you don't know really if they're 20 or 30 or 25 or 30 million dollars. There can be a big variation. So I think there are going to be um, occasionally there are some vendors that just don't want it. The vendor's got the right to say no. But eight out of ten should have, a, in my view, a written price guide, print media, online, and, and, and verbally, and it's all got to be identical. Beautiful. Okay. Johnny? Um, Happy Easter for this week. Thank you. Um, and uh, what I was going to say, one, one final thing. Because I don't think we've covered this this good enough. One final thing. If you're at an open for inspection, because mm. we've talked about price quoting, but we're talking about getting the prices right. But what about the agent that sits there, people coming through? If you've shown comparables at a listing presentation... Show the same comparables to the buyers. So when, the buyer's coming through, when buyers are coming through and the buyers are going to say, what's this worth? What, 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 well, what, I mean, Queensland you can't quote, but right. what I'd say so to this people is... This is not Queensland. Is, I'd say, look... You know, we think it's eight to nine hundred. In fact, here's the list of recent sales that that we've come up with. We've shown this to the vendors. You can see the vendors actually signed off and acknowledged that that this is our our best guide to value. And I think if you do that, you can't go wrong. And buyers will love it. You've got to give better value to buyers. So anyway, see how see how it goes. It's not an exact science. I mean, there are some fuzzy edges. So you know, you, you've got to get as close as you can to I think what we discussed here today. So. Anyway, we'll see. Um, tell me about your online program. So, Johnny, twice a year I run a nine weeks to your best year ever. Is this the same one you did at the beginning of the year or no? Different no, one? this is a different... I did kickstart at the that's start right. of the year. I did nine weeks last year in the middle of the year and I'm doing it um, once this year. How does only. it work? What happens? So, this is how it works. John, I, get, I, don't, I don't take coaching clients on one-on-one. I've got a, you know, a full-on work, News Corp and other things that I do, and I don't take one-on-one coaching. So about a year ago, I created um, a heap of video content where it's like I'm coaching people. I've got all the scripts, dialogues, listing presentations, the whole A to Z system, and it's run over nine weeks. Why over nine weeks? Because I don't want it to be like a caffeine hit for one session. And it's about creating new So each week they get some more content? They get some more content they get. It's online? It's online. It's me on video. There's action steps. It's $295, so it works out to being $35 a week. Too I've cheap. Got, too cheap. It is, it is cheap. Oh, I've got to tell you, Marcus Ginella was... It, it's priceless. That's it's priceless. You know those ads where they used to say all these things? And it was that's Visa priceless. Card, wasn't it? Visa Card. That's yeah. priceless. Troy, this is crazy. But how much do we charge for this podcast? Uh... Well, yeah. if, if I well put it this way, put it this way: if nine weeks to your best year is priceless, this is a gift from heaven. Are we still free? We're still, We're still free. free. Wow. No wonder so many people are listening. We're still free. They, We're they, still they, free. They'll probably they'll probably get what it's they're getting what it's worth. But um, that's good. So, how do you go get on so, top panels? Um, this they've got 
five, by the time this podcast goes out, there's five days to um, uh, enrol. If they just go to tompanos.com.au, um, enrol, and they get started, they do it in their own time on an iPad, on a mobile phone, on a desktop. And well, you should do just do it. $295, yeah. even if it's hopeless, which I know it's not. It's not hopeless. I know it's not hopeless. <laughs> but I'm just saying, even if it was hopeless, you'd give it a crack. You'd give, you'd give it a crack for 295 for nine weeks. What is that, 30 bucks a week or something? $33 a week. That's crazy. Now, so just go on to Tom's thing and anyone. How many listeners have we got here, Troy? Uh, about 5,000 a week. 5,000. So all 5,000 go to Tom's website. You should sign up for this. I'm going to sign up for it. Thank you, John. How much is it? Two ninety-five. Two ninety-five. Priceless. Um, before we go, just any update on sponsors? Have we found any? Oh yes. Well, uh, we can announce it. I think um, uh, our realestate.com. Dot au. Dot au. Um, our great friends, Jeez, you went partners. Went to the top there. Yeah, REA. Uh, and look, we, we've we've both got a connection for them, but REA. They, they're a quality business, and a lot of people have got lots of views about REA. Um, and the bottom line is we wanted this podcast to be associated with long-term... So is stamp- REA the sponsor? Yes. Official? Official. Wow, that's exciting. That's good. So, well, going forward, that's our new sponsor. Anyone else? Or and, it's, and it's a long-term... We're discussions. And there is, there is one more, and we're going to give uh, the opportunity for this organisation. Uh, they've expressed interest. They are also, I would say... They're up there in the realestate.com.au category in wow. terms of size and that. That's and serious. they will be um, our joint sponsors. We haven't finalised that. Oh. Um, but Secret men's business. Yes. Oh, well, we'll see there. Okay, so get onto Tom's site, see that. Realestate.com.au, thank you very much to the powers that be there because that's great to have these guys because they are the Australia's leading real estate portal. Yeah. And News Limited, partner of News Limited, of course, which is great. And stay tuned to hear who our other mystery sponsor might be. I'm fascinated, but you can tell me next week. See the pressure he's put on us? He's basically said, get the paperwork done by the time we meet for our next... See the the sort of pressure we've got to work under? Very exciting. Troy? Thank you, Troy. John, I've actually, before we go, I will say this. I did have someone... And I'm going to give credit where it's you. Someone said to me, the sound quality is better this year than last year. Microphones. Um, so I want to know, Troy, at what point did the microphones actually change? Because <laughs> as soon as you said that, I started, I wanted to ask him, do you remember the episode that it got better? <laughs> so, so, Troy, we've got the, these new clear crisp. Yes, I can actually hear them nice. What brand is it, Troy? We might get a free pair next time. Let's, what have we got? Uh, Sennheiser. Sennheiser. Well, our good friends at Sennheiser. That'll be fantastic for them to give us another pair next year. Outstanding. We paid for these once, didn't we? But I suspect our sponsorship will be unlikely to cover it. So we're back, <laughs> we're back to where we started. We're back to where we started. All right. <laughs> have a good Easter, Tom. Thank you, guys. To all the Greeks, happy Easter. To everyone else, list and last. See you soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, Troy.